Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, we delve into the recent shifts in the Portuguese government and how they might impact expat life. Join Josh and Kaylee as they also share tales of their recent London escapades and introduce Ryan Giddings, a future expat with invaluable Medicare insights. What is up, expats and travelers alike? Welcome back. This is season two, episode six of Let's Move to Portugal. Kaylee, how you doing? <laughs> the typical question, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well, listener. We hope you're doing well as well. And we want to give you some updates before getting into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode. We want to give you some updates on what's going on with the Portuguese government and how that relates to NHR or the non-habitual residence scheme. It's that, that tax regime that they have for foreigners that can last 10 years. So, Kaylee, what can you tell us? Oh, changes, changes. I think what's funny is we recently put out a video about the different changes that have happened in Portugal in the last three years since we've been here. And one of the things we talked about was the instability and all these changes. And then in the midst of that, soon after we put that video out, even more changes happened. So what happened was is the prime minister came out and said he was doing away with NHR and that was just going to happen in 2024. And everyone was, it was chaos. It yeah, was, this was about a month ago now. It was like mid-October. That, so, that that happened. Right. So nothing had actually passed through legislation, but the plan was that it would because the prime minister holds the majority office, so votes should be pretty easy, right? So then everyone's rushing, can you get into Portugal before, you know, this year so that you can get NHR? But then the plot thickens. What happened, Josh? Yeah, so essentially the the prime minister had uh his home residence raided 
and uh, he was essentially thrown into the middle of uh, a corruption scandal whereby there's some like lithium mining or something going on up here in the north and there might have been some bribes there was some uh, alleged corruption and he decided to two hours after this all broke resign now as the plot thickens even more uh, the president has rejected his resignation. So we're kind of in a, in a little bit of a period of limbo. Where we don't know what's going to happen. We have been told that there will be a snap election in March of 2024 to get this resolved. What that means for the PM, Antonio Costa, staying on until then, I am not sure. But it's quite interesting that his resignation was rejected. So then ultimately what that means for NHR that's also uncertain because nothing was explicitly said when in 2024 it would happen. So some people were saying, oh, it's going to happen pretty much January 1st right away. But again, nothing has passed through legislation. And now with this going on, is that going to be put on the back burner? What's going to happen? We don't know, but we're watching closely. <laughs> yeah, I would say, honestly, uh, stay tuned to next week because we might have an update then. But we, we really don't have a lot of uh, certainty as of this recording. So- so let's fun move times. on then to, yeah, fun times for that, for that, fun times for us as well. We were just in London. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, before we were in London, we actually went to a Champions League match here in Porto with uh, our new friend IRL uh, in real life, <laughs> Dave in Portugal. So Dave came up here uh, to, yeah, just join us for the match. And then we ended up shooting some content. Uh, but originally, it was just going to be like a hangout session and we were going to go watch the match. And then we thought... Might as well kill two birds with one stone. Do a little collaboration, right? So if you've seen, Dave in Portugal is really popular on YouTube right now, and we're going to be putting some stuff out together with him. That's right. And then the day after, we took off to London, and we spent uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday in London. Amazing trip. Uh, actually, the weather was not colder. terrible, not terrible, <laughs> yeah. not terrible for uh, November. Yeah. Colder than here, but uh, we did have a day of sunshine on Saturday, which was perfect because we went to another soccer match, and uh, it was our beloved Arsenal. 3-1, let's go Gunners. <laughs> it's what we do. So we were visiting a friend. The friend has a daughter just a little older than Sia, and they get along really well. So she stayed with them. They played, and Josh and I were able to go to the game, which was nice, and the weather was great that day. And we had a lot of like ethnic foods. Yes. So that of was great. That's something to do Amazing. in London. <laughs> For sure. But uh, yeah, a little bit of raid, definitely colder than Porto. Yeah. Okay. In this episode today, um, we talked to Ryan, who is planning on moving to Portugal. He's already purchased a property in Gaia. So that's just across the Douro River from Porto. He is back in the US uh, finishing up work there. I think he's got a couple more years of work, uh, as we discussed in the interview. But the big thing that I want you to learn from him is how the medical healthcare system, let's say, in the U.S. can intertwine with what you've got living abroad. Right. So he knows a lot about Medicare. And I get this question a lot, what to do about Medicare? If you're going to move over to Portugal full-time, do you keep it? Do you get rid of it? Can you keep it? Do you have to pay something? So he is in the know of that, right? And he can explain what that looks like, right? Yeah. He explains a ton in the interview and maybe some parts of it might be a little like hard to listen to. Not, not because it's a bad interview, but just because 
we start to get a bit more technical on Medicare and the different plans, the different coverages. But definitely if it applies to you, if it's if it's something that you have, if you're already signed up for Medicare or you're thinking about doing it before you move or you're not thinking about doing it before you move, listen to the interview because it could be very important financially. Right. So you might want to get a piece of paper and a, and a pen out so you can maybe take notes to to write down the tips and see what you can do next. Or you just check the show notes and, and contact <laughs> Ryan straight away. You could do that too, yes. You can definitely message us and, and we can put you in touch with him or, of course, check the show notes. But if you're not thinking about Medicare, it's still good to listen to because maybe it will help you for the future, for future planning. But overall, you know, Ryan has also bought a place in Gaia, so you guys talk about that yep. and what that looks like. So if Medicare is maybe not on your radar or not what you need to hear right now, there are still a lot of, you know, lots of good information in here about buying and moving to Portugal and that his plan, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I think that Ryan is like a lot of people out there where they kind of got this wild hair and they want to move abroad, but don't have any experience living abroad, don't have much experience traveling abroad. And Ryan just recently came to Portugal with his family. Um, it was one of his first abroad experiences. So he kind of unpacks that and how that kind of has left him internally, the feeling it's left him with, which I think is really important because it's not about, it's not only about external things that happen when you move abroad. A lot of it is about dealing with what's going on on the inside. So we do unpack that stuff, which I think is, is super valuable. Well, let's get to it then. Listeners, stay tuned for the full interview. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. Worldpost can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases. And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. (laughs) She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well. 
in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Ryan, I'm really excited to do this because you offer something unique to the listener in the fact that you have invested in a very up-and-coming city in Portugal, and you also are currently in an occupation that is really, really necessary information for people planning to move abroad that they should know. So we'll get into kind of what you do with Medicare, right? And yeah, that's uh, right, Medicare. And, and then also your purchase with uh, your property in Gaia. So let's just jump into that property purchase. What made you want to invest in a property in Portugal in general? Um, my wife. Okay. Is she Portuguese? It's, 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 uh, she's half Portuguese, but as simple as that, she's been pushing me for years. So it's been about two years. I think she's been watching you guys. So as crazy as it is that your guys' videos um, probably was maybe 25 to 30% of the reason why we decided to purchase a place in, in Portugal. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, if it goes right, give us a pat on the back. If it goes wrong, <laughs> other way, gotcha. Yeah. So how was the buying process? What was that like? And what was it like just choosing Gaia in general? Yeah, so... My wife did a bunch of research, right? So I kind of just work my tail off. I work six days a week, sometimes seven. Um, I have an agency. So when it comes to my work and my agents and my clients, it just never stops. So when it comes to right. this whole process, like my wife kind of just does the research and she, she's been to Portugal. She lived in Portugal um, at age one, to age like 11. So she lived in Portobello, uh, southern oh, part yeah. of, of Portugal, Algarve's uh, area. So she lived in that area for quite a while. Um, so she was familiar with it. Um, we always knew that Portugal is like top five safest countries in the world. So sure. that's uh, we have two kids. Um, I think you know with the situation in America now with with children and um, schools and safety of that nature so that was one of the main reasons yeah. i would say that she already was familiar with the country um very safe country um she knew the people in portugal were very friendly she knew the um the, the portuguese uh, a lot of them spoke english right so when it came to maybe we'll move here we can move here these are options um you know, you take all that in consideration, right? And um, real estate might not have been the cheapest, right? When it came to other countries to move to, but right. when it came to the whole spectrum, I I think that was kind of the the main reason. I did really no research besides looking up a little bit here and there, but she did it all. Okay. And why Gaia? Why, like, was it value for money there? Or do you, do you like the North versus the South? Because being in, in Portimao and Algarve, it's, it's a different lifestyle, even though it's a small country here in Portugal, it is a different lifestyle between Algarve and North of Portugal. Sure. Um, yeah. So we, it's like, 
knew we wanted Gaia before going to Gaia. And we did a bunch of research um, to better view on the Gaia side than the Porto side, I think so. Um, okay. So cost for money, I think you look at the center of Porto or even even somewhat center of, of, of Porto, you're, you're talking at least 100000 more for what yep. you're getting. So That's right. Gaia to us. And we still spent over what I wanted to spend, right? It, it always tends <laughs> to be the case. The yes, sir. Keep pushing that budget. And um, the the big thing was, is we're in a kind of a small beach town now in Pensacola, Florida. So okay. we're, we're kind of away from downtown or probably 20 minutes from the beach. And we have to travel 10, 15 minutes to go to a restaurant. And so we okay. wanted the opposite, right? We wanted something that was completely in the heart of everything. And for us, Gaia, we're about maybe 200 yards from uh to Gaia. Yep. The Metro. Yep. So um, we're what right there. We're about uh, 200 yards from the, the train. Um, I guess it would be a general tours, I think is a train. That's it. Um, so yeah, we're, yeah. We're pretty, yeah, pretty close near all of it. So um, for us to be near everything in the Metro, you know, we were in Europe for six weeks and for me not to drive for six weeks was crazy. I didn't know what to do. You know, I drive you know, five, 600 miles every two days. So, for me uh, and my wife and our family, like to be able to go everywhere without any vehicles and we can get to point A, point B, go to the mall, go to Porto, jump on the metro, go to Jardim, De Moro, go everywhere we want to go just from walking distance. We did pay quite a bit, you know, for it's, it's a nice um you know, 10th floor um, apartment. And, you know, I think you got to compromise and you got to pay a little extra if you want those perks of, you know, it's being in that area where you can just be a couple hundred yards from transportation. Sure. Well, and I mean, for me personally, I think um, by and large, buying in those areas, uh, your investments uh, always safe, like over the long haul, because people want exactly why you bought there. Sure. Um, so in the future that they'll pay more, uh, as, as prices grow. Uh, so cool. Very cool. Um, as I know it, it's a T3 that is, is not completed yet. It's scheduled to be completed at the end of 2025, right? Yep. Correct. Okay. So you haven't moved here yet. What's the plan with that? Are you going to like spend some time in Portugal and then back in the States and kind of be mobile or, or what's the plan there? Yeah, so um, that's a good question. You know, it's uh, uh, we've talked about it. There's a lot of different options that we have. Yeah, um, we just know that we want to eventually probably leave America. You know, at, at some point when we retire, yeah, um, we figured might as well get a place now. Start. Um, uh, create as an investment property we might end up moving there um you know with work here i have to have a license in in the state of florida right so Mm -hmm. i have to have a residence here and i have to be here for a certain amount of time um so like that plays a factor um i do have an agency i can i can really run that remote remotely 
Um, I was able to work while I was away for six weeks, which was cool to see. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, kind of have that nomadic uh, job or that lifestyle. Um, You know, so we're, she wants to, you know, my wife might say other things, right? She, Mm -hmm. she might, she really wants to get away um, and and live in Portugal full time. She really feels uh, her heart is set on, you know, with the, um, with the daycare and, and everything of that regards and cost of living is way less expensive and childcare and daycare is way less expensive and yep. just everything from day to day activity, man, it's, it's just way different. Um, so yeah, that, that looks like kind of a question mark. I know it wasn't an answer, but we don't even, no, no. We don't even know the full answer to be honest. But, but you have applied for the, the D seven or where, where are, are you at yeah, in that process? So, okay. Yeah, so we got, you know, with you guys being very knowledgeable with with everything, you got to have an address, right? So, um, to have a D seven, we do have a lawyer, uh, immigration lawyer, very nice lady. Um, they did explain to us that we do need to have an address. So that place, unfortunately, is not considered an address until right. it is moved and ready. So that's right. So hopefully, D seven's around. If D seven's not around, I guess I could go the D eight route, right? Because yeah. the nomadic. So I think either way, we're going to be in a good spot as long as Portugal doesn't take both both of them away at the same time. Right. We're praying for that one. Okay, right on. Well, um, what what is the plan on if you're waiting on that D7? What's the plan for kind of traveling back and forth? Is it something that you're interested in doing? Because we we have known people to do kind of 90 days on, 90 days off. Is that something you've considered? Would you recommend people doing that after your most recent experience traveling in Europe? Yeah, look, if you can afford it, do it, right? I mean, travel isn't the cheapest, right? And it does take time off from work and you got to get acclimated for the six hour difference and all these things. But if if you can swing it, you know, it's an amazing life to me. I feel like mm. if it kind of opens up your your vision on life and just being able to interact with different cultures and, and different languages and, and different uh, cuisines. And I, I think right. if you have that ability to work remotely and you have that luxury and you can do it, then I'd highly recommend it. I think it's a very good thing that everyone should experience. And I was, I was very fond of it. It's my first time ever to come to Europe. So I was kind of nervous. I didn't really tell my wife how nervous I was because I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't know how to say hello. Didn't know, you know, and then I kind of figured out hello, goodbye, thank you, all these in multiple languages, about eight different countries within a few months. And just to be able to interact with people um, was cool. And I enjoyed it. You know, I appreciate that that's something that's important to you, that you you don't just rock up in a new place and, um, start slinging around English. I mean, yeah. obviously like as travelers, you can't go somewhere and know like their language immediately. You know, it's um, unfortunately, it's not like the matrix where you just like, you know, plug yeah, something in your I brain wish. and you, just, you have, I know I wish. who's going to, who's going to invent that. Come on, Elon. Let's yeah, go. They got it probably <laughs> out there. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's talk a bit about your job because I think your, your, your job and what you do uh, with your company is something super important to our audience in the sense that uh, there is maybe some misconceptions about how uh, American uh, healthcare connects to 
people that want to live abroad and and especially expats because expats don't often migrate to a new place uh, and stay there for the rest of their life. Some do, but some return, right? Some come back to the U.S. So tell us what you do and how it connects to living abroad. Sure. Um, yeah, so I've been a licensed um, insurance agent for you know, 10 and a half years. I do have my own agency, S-Corp with Emerald Coast Insurance Incorporated. So I do have agents under me and I do uh, personally have clients. And if anyone knows what an insurance agency is, I'm not an insurance company, right? So we're directly contracted with private insurance companies. So if by back of my card, it has all the companies on that I'm directly contracted with. So if you just to mention some in regards on the Medicare side, uh, United Healthcare, Humana, Cigna, Aetna, WellCare, uh, Devoted. Um, you know, the list goes on. So those are private insurance companies that they say, okay, Ryan Giddings or actually my agency, Emerald Coast Insurance Incorporated, we accept your license from these states. You know, we're licensed in uh, 19 states at this point, um, pretty much from Texas. And if you could shoot a 45 degree angle cut across, so everything from Mississippi to Texas to Illinois, Iowa, Georgia so forth. So we're licensed in those states and the private insurance companies um, give us writing numbers. So we're directly contracted with these companies, mm -hmm. right? So if you call 1-800-UNITED-HEALTHCARE or 1-800-HUMANA um, and you know try to talk to uh, about a certain particular plan, health insurance plan that they have, they would then divert you to a licensed agent. And then they okay the corporate office they would have a licensed agent. We're the same type of agents, but we just work out of our homes. We go to people's homes, we work over Zoom like this um, to where we sell them the same product. So if you call the corporate office or you call my, my phone and I pick up, I, I have the same plans as the corporate offices. So with that being said, we do do a bunch of products with life and annuities, but we're gonna focus on Medicare for now. Uh, so, so Medicare, again, we're not original Medicare. That is the government. I'm making it a very clear. I'm not a government employee. Um, I don't um, sell Medicare A and B. So Medicare A and B is original Medicare. And original Medicare is something that you typically get when you either um, hit age 65, right? You typically get a, you can apply for Medicare three months before you hit 65. Um, you can uh, apply the month of and three months after. So you have a seven-month window to apply for Medicare. Mm -hmm. um, some people don't know that. Um, if you're on Social Security, believe it or not, you don't have to apply for Medicare. Automatically, you'll be enrolled, and your Medicare card will come in the mail about three months before you turn 65. If you're okay. not on Social Security, um, you do have to apply for it. They don't automatically enroll you. Um, so a lot of people have this assumption that they have to apply when they really don't. And then some people think that they automatically are enrolled and they, they're not. So just to make it clear, if you're on Social Security or disability, you automatically get a Medicare card. Look at the mailbox. If you're not and you're even if you're working or not on Social Security or disability, you will have to apply uh, for Medicare. OK, and is is Medicare something that people can take advantage of while they're living abroad? They can. So um, 
some individuals, from my understanding, and again, I'm new to this kind of expat life, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of uh, individuals that were in the uh, kind of the senior market that I was just kind of talking to, um, just to kind of understand what the, what they're doing, and they say, "Well, we cancel our, our Medicare," and I was like, "Well, you didn't have to, you know." So you can use Medicare abroad, but it's only for uh, typically urgently needed services and emergency needed services. So like urgent care or like ER, right? So okay. that's really the, the two things. There are a couple of stipulations uh, where if you're technically, say you're on the border of Mexico or border of Canada, I know we're speaking typically Portugal, but mm-hmm. that's fine. I got to give you the rules. So Definitely. if you're technically closer to a hospital in another country, right? Closer than a, a, a U.S. hospital. So if you're on the border, uh, really, it's going to be those only countries sure. are the closest one. Yeah. So you technically can go to um, a Mexican hospital or a Canadian hospital if it's technically closer to go there than it is a U.S. hospital. Okay. Kind of weird, but that is the rule. Um, so but, people living yeah. in Europe don't have to really consider that uh, that rule. Correct. Yeah, that rule is not going to apply to them, um, but I just have to state it, right, because it yep. is a rule. Um, but when it comes to, to Medicare, you know, there's original Medicare, and then there's something called uh, Medicare supplement plans, and then there's Medicare Advantage plans, right? So Medicare is about 80% coverage. A and B is, you know, B is exactly 80% coverage. And part A is um, really uh, co-deductibles co, uh, and, and co-insurance, sorry, co-payments. Um, so there's certain days where there's a certain amount of co-payments. And as the days go longer, it's more expensive. To make it simplified, 80% Medicare, original Medicare is 80% coverage. If you guys make it easy on yourself. The other 20% is typically going to be covered, you know, by the the private insurance company. So Medicare supplement plans, Medigap, um, as well as, you know, Medicare Advantage plans, Part C and D of Medicare is what they call it. Um, but the, the thing about it is a lot of individuals sometimes will, will drop their Medicare, move to Portugal, right? And then now they don't have Medicare. You know, now they have universal health care with private insurance, whatever, or just universal health care, public health care. But if they ever decide to go back for a wedding, funeral, visit, they have no coverage. Right. So that's the thing is, if you keep your Medicare, right, A and B, and you add something called C and D, there are private insurance companies that we have, United, Humana, Cigna, all these companies that are called Medicare Advantage plans, Part C and D, that actually will pay your Part B premium. As crazy as it is, these private insurance companies will have a reduction of your Part B, right? And I assume you're like, well, how much is Part B and how much? Sure. I'm I'm guessing it's quite variable uh, based on people's demographics. But yeah, I mean, if you can give us kind of a ballpark number. Yeah, sure. So Part A of Medicare doesn't cost anything. Um, so if, if you're entitled to Part A, you work 40 quarters or 10 years, or your spouse has worked that and you've been married for 10 years, 
<clears throat> then Part A has no no cost to you as a as a Medicare beneficiary. There is a monetary amount. And I'm going to tell this for a reason. Is uh, in 2024 it's going to be five hundred five dollars a month. Okay. So okay. with that being said, five hundred five dollars a month is a monetary amount, but it doesn't cost you anything because you paid into Medicare already through your right. forty quarters of work. You got it. Part okay. B of Medicare is uh, $174.70. And we're going off of the demographics that you fall into a certain income bracket, right? An okay. income bracket is is fairly high, uh, $200,000 for a married couple, $100,000 or so for um, uh, a single individual. So if you make yeah. above that, obviously, it's going to be higher, right? So okay. the, uh, the more money you make, the higher that premium goes. You guys want to know exactly SSA.gov, Medicare.gov. Those are two good websites to go to 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 really look into it. Um, okay, we can put that in the show notes below. Yeah, but just to make it easy, just know that one seventy four seventy is a monthly premium for okay. Part B, and your that monetary amount is six hundred and ninety six dollars. All right, so Part A. 505 part B is 696. Okay. Even though you only pay 25% of that, right? So you pay 25% of that is 174.70. So that monetary amount of A and B does gets is is given to the private insurance company. So you're like, well, how do these private insurance companies give you this part B reduction? How do they give you dental vision hearing? How do they give you all this stuff? So the Part C and D of Medicare, if you went with United Healthcare or Humana or whoever, they end up being your A, B, C, and D all in one plan, right? So you don't your original Medicare card is no good, even if you are in the states and you give it to your uh, primary care doctor, if you give it to your specialist, whatever, they would say, well, that's not your insurance anymore. The insurance is the private insurance company, and that's your A, B, C, and D. But that twelve hundred dollars that I was talking about earlier, five hundred five mm-hmm. plus six ninety six, that twelve hundred dollars per month will actually get moved to the private insurance company. Okay. So United Healthcare, Humana, whoever they receive money from the government. Okay. So that gets allocated to the private insurance companies, even though. The 17470, you got to keep paying, but there are Medicare Advantage plans, also known as C and D of Medicare, that will pay for your Part B premium, that will reduce mm-hmm. that amount. Right. So you literally can have A, B, C, and D of Medicare as low as zero dollars, technically, in certain states, certain zip codes, it's not available everywhere. Typically, the larger cities have more competitive markets. So if you go to any city, any surrounding city, counties around surrounding cities, the market is so competitive that these private insurance companies are like, all right, I'll give back $80. Okay, next year, I'm giving back 90 Now I'm giving back one seventy four seventy. So they have it to where they're giving back the reduction of the Part B premium by that amount. Right. So that's the biggest thing. Okay. A lot of information. I know. 
Yeah. So I can imagine that for, for some people listening to this, they're, they, they might be confused or overwhelmed or they start to add up the dollar amounts. And I think many Americans, we feel like our healthcare um, costs in general are really high. So that's why people look at moving abroad to lower healthcare costs. So how can someone figure out or how can someone know that they're not going to be uh, taken advantage of trying to enter in to, you know, getting these services and asking for help to figure out what works best for them, not just if they're staying in the States, but obviously if they're moving abroad as well. Sure. Um, yeah. So on the, on the, on the state side, right. Um, you know, our services don't cost anything as crazy as that sounds. The private insurance companies pay us directly. Um, so it's all a money thing, right. You know, they, if, uh, Betty Sue or John Doe signs up for Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, there is a commission that we receive, but also those private insurance companies are receiving, you know, X amount of dollars per month from the from Medicare, right? Yeah. So yeah. our services don't cost anything, which is which I love because I, I hate charging. I wouldn't I would hate my job if I had to ask, hey, by the way, I need a check for two hundred bucks, helping for, you out, signing you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love yeah. what I do. Um, we really do help a lot of individuals. Um, you know, it's kind of a no brainer. If I, I say, if you're not going to get a give back plan, right. The C and D of Medicare, mm-hmm. um, then you really shouldn't keep Medicare if you're going abroad. Okay. Because if you can afford it, maybe, but you're going to have to pay, you know, the one seventy four seventy. but if, if you're higher income, it could be 200, 300 bucks a month. Okay. Um, and if you're not going to get the part, the, the re- reduction of Part B premium, it doesn't really make sense to keep it if you're going to be abroad for the long haul. Okay. Right? But, so you would recommend someone picking up like a private travel insurance when they do go back to the U.S. just in case something were to happen. If they were going back for a, a wedding or a funeral or something else like that, just to have coverage while they're in the States and they don't get, get caught with some issue while they're back. Correct. I'd recommend... Okay that travel insurance if they don't get a reduction of the part b premium the the one plan i'd say to me is kind of a no-brainer is if you can get coverage at no cost right when i say no cost i mean no cost right a is zero b is 174.70 but if you get c and d where it reduces that to zero dollars part b is zero dollars and that c and d is zero monthly premium there's no monthly premium for it so if you can get A, B, C, and D of Medicare at zero dollars to you, Josh, to keep me it's it. a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, keep for, it sure, because, for sure, for sure. Because you can be penalized, right? So let's just say you you, you reduce you you call up Social Security, you call up Medicare, and you say, "Hey, I no longer want my Medicare. I'm going to be moving to Portugal." You live there for ten years. You decide to come back, and now you could potentially get a penalty, right? So okay. According to CMS, Center for Medicare Services, it has to be called credible coverage, right? And again, I'm going to leave that up to Medicare, right? Because credible they decide credible coverage is credible coverage at any given day, any given year could be this, that, or the other, right? So there's so many stipulations. They do consider uh, they in 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 CMS. If you looked at CMS.gov and you went to Medicare.gov, you read that it does say that. Uh, national health care or public health care 
is considered credible coverage, but it doesn't state what countries, sure. right? So again, you just have to go off of that. Um, you always, I always recommend going online or calling, you know, some of these numbers. So 1-800-MEDICARE is a great number to call. Mm-hmm. You can always Google your local social security office. Those yeah. are good numbers to call. I wouldn't call the national one because the national one does put you on hold. Sorry, government, but you guys put us on hold for a while. So those <laughs> that'll, prepare are, pe- that'll prepare people for their move to Portugal. Yeah. Same thing happens here. Yeah. 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 yeah no doubt. But, but that stuff is, you know, things of that nature where you could pay a penalty. And the penalty is, as I know, is 10% each year. So let's just say, oh. hypothetically, you did go for 10 years, you'd come back. And that'd be a hundred percent on top of the Part B premium. Yeah, that gets very expensive. So now you're you're sitting at, hey, I need this coverage. I gotta pay it zero dollars per A, but then your Part B, you know, hypothetically could be three, four hundred bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. So got you it. don't want that. And if if you if you got Medicare, you really need to look into potentially keeping it and looking at if there is a reduction of Part B premium plan in your zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're allowed to have a PO box. And I don't think some people know this, but you're allowed, according to uh, Social Security and Medicare, you're allowed to have a PO box as your address, right? So you can, you as can have- As opposed to a physical family. residence. Correct. Correct. Yeah, nice. You also can have, um, potentially have a family member where you can get mail there and then that would be your registered address. So Medicare doesn't force you to have a home, right? Like you okay. can be homeless. You can be homeless and have Medicare. Okay. Right? They do need a mailing address to mail your Medicare card or have a registered uh, PO box as um, on file. Okay, good to know. So, Ryan, you seem super passionate about this job. Why do you Why do you do it though? Like, what's the What's the real reason that you you do this work? Yeah, um, helping people. I mean, a lot of times um, the individuals we deal with are, are typical low, lower income. Uh-huh. So I, I go out in my community and go to the, kind of the lower income areas. Uh, we market those areas where uh, they fill out a postcard. Um, you know, we got postcards where they fill out real quick, you know, and they yeah. fill out these postcards and we go out, we see them, we call them, set an appointment. But these individuals, um, are typically lower income and, you know, we're able to, I can, I'm able to apply them for Medicaid. So state funding. So then they don't pay that part B premium. Um, and then I'm able to give them, uh, you know, uh, X amount of grocery dollars or, uh, money that gives them a utility bill credits, you know, where they can go to, uh, certain, comp- uh, uh, locations like Walmart or Walgreens and they can use their United healthcare card or Humana card and they can pay for their groceries and they can pay for, so I do all this stuff to help people, right? All in all, I really am addicted to helping people. I don't know what it is. I like cooking food. I like serving people food. Maybe that's similar. And that's how I started, you know. Um, you know, that whole concept of helping people and seeing a smile on someone's face. I think I'm, you know, at that point where that's the main reason I'm in this job. And I've been doing it for over a decade. Um, and legitimately helping people is why I do it, you know. Awesome, man. I mean, Kaylee and I feel the same way. I mean, this is, uh, I think this is why we jive with you and and what you're about, because we're about the same thing. Um, so that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's, listen, there's far worse things to be addicted to than helping yeah. people. Come on. There you, you go. Know? Amen. So let me ask you this. Um, 
at expats everywhere we believe that living abroad transforms lives and although you you're not living abroad yet you have had the the blessings of traveling abroad and what that's brought you so uh how has it transformed your life thus far yeah the, the six weeks abroad was was um eye-opening you know to to say the least to see different cultures different um type of personalities and uh, I mean, the Portuguese are one of the nicest people. I mean, when it comes to like wholeheartedly good-hearted people, um, you know, just their uh, ethics and their morals and like what they believe in and what is important to them um, was very um, great to see, to see that we're going to be spending more time of our life in an area where the people are very nice, but be just be able to... Uh, to travel, man, I've never, you know, I've been the typical American, Canada, Mexico, a uh, couple of cruises here and there, but like going to another country, another continent and being able to, um, you know, jump on a train, jump on a metro, jump on these things that we really don't have in the States. Yeah. You know, where you could just take your car keys and throw them in the pool, you know, cause you don't need it, you know, yeah. to have that to me um, was amazing. So we were able to spend that with our whole family, brought our, you know, our 19 month old and our 13 year old and my wife. And we had a good time. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks so much time for, for spending with us at Expats Everywhere. And we appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 